0: What we felt the entire service was not just something that we planned just to make you feel a certain type of way. It's the expectation that God would show up when people want to worship him. It's the expectation that we believe the living God can visit us no matter where we're at because we are hungry for the things of God to be present in our lives. And what I'm asking for you to do right now is just open your heart and let God touch you today. I don't know if what I'm about to say has anything to do with you. But what I do know is that God wants to touch somebody here today so that when you leave, you're not the same. You're walking with Christ. You're believing that the Holy Ghost can stand in front of anything that the devil raises up. Hallelujah. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place. and I'm just trying to be sensitive. I have great mentors and i'm thankful for the opportunity to be up here today and trust me i was i had no idea i'd be up here um and uh you know what they tell you you always got to be prepared because you may get hit with the notice and you're like what um but i'm thankful for the opportunity thankful for elder flowers for allowing me to do this and um Be a part of this and everything that takes place. I thank Elder Johnstone for investing in my life as well. And you know, we don't get here just by showing up. We get here by putting in the work, and um, I'm thankful to uh, be here. But better get on with the message. The Lord's been dealing with me a lot on understanding the concept of exactly who he is and how he operates in such a way that human minds and human intellect can just not fathom because it's so misconceptualized. It doesn't make sense to us. And um, I'm just thankful that he's given me some time to talk to him and he talks back If I can turn your attentions to the book of Exodus, chapter 15, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Um, As you all know, and this passage of Scripture, just before this, um, one of the biggest events in history, one of the biggest moments in uh, the entire Bible took place in here for the children of Israel. Uh, One of the greatest moments. We understand that in this, he led them out of the land of Egypt. And in doing so, we all know that he parted the Red Sea and he opened up the waters to let them run through. And it was, it was when after they got through that, as I was studying, that it just, this phrase caught me. Right? They got through and they were excited. Amen. Praise the Lord. He delivered us. And they were just ecstatic with praise. But in this specific chapter, chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, they sang a song. And they were singing in praise, obviously, because they were delivered out of the hands of Egypt. And it's in the second verse, but I'm going to read the first two. catches my attention. Then Moses sang in the children of Israel thus, this song unto the Lord, and spake Saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. So now we know what they're talking about. The Lord is my strength and my song. He is become my salvation. I want you to catch this next part. He is my God and I will prepare him an inhabitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. That part caught me right there. He is my God. The New Living Translation puts it like this. This is my God. This is my God. And the word he gave me today is to talk to you about this. Is my God. He. Is my God. And until you've met him. You wouldn't understand the reason why I am the way I am. Until you felt his presence. You couldn't understand. Until where he brought me from where I was till now. You couldn't understand how the way I am right now. Just because there's a lot of young faces. Doesn't mean that you go home and there's nothing on your mind. You're not fooling anybody. But along the way, somehow, just because this was a good moment for them, they decided to sing. But read the rest of the book. Not every moment was good. But the beauty of this, the beauty of this, that people just don't understand because they don't understand how God is, they don't know they're God. And it hurts. It hurts not to know. See, the children of Israel, they sang and they praised God and he's my salvation, he's my God. Of course, but before they went into the sea, that's not what they were saying. They said, Moses, you had his camp here so they could kill us all. What are you thinking? See, the children of Israel were enslaved to Egypt. 430 years it's a long time that's a long time to forget about the God that you serve it's a long time to forget about what he's done or who he is or what he's capable of doing they had every right to not listen to Moses and Aaron because 430 years and nothing happened out of all the great men that could have had Joseph wasn't the one why not him he was the one that started it all. But of course, when you read this, Scripture says that when Egypt, because the Pharaoh was intimidated by the children of Israel, as they continued to give them the hard labor and put them through the slavery and make them do unrealistic tasks, Scripture says that they began to grow and multiply. They got bigger, more people. Everything they did... It was backed by somebody. You see, we can't fathom that, can we? The more they push on you, the more they tell you what they think, the more they want to make you feel the way they feel, it doesn't matter. Because in the process of understanding that how God had to put you here so that He can get you stronger to get over here, you're not big enough to cross the sea yet. You don't have enough faith to cross the sea yet. But just give me some time. Keep working. Keep putting forth the effort. I can guarantee you, I'll split that thing wide open. And, and as, as hard as us as people to try to bring that into our life that because of the strife and the grief and the persecution, and as us young people, including myself, as we were going through this transition of growing up and getting older, we're finding it harder and harder to understand that what God is planning is exactly what He's planning. Because we have so much stress and worry, we have so much anxiety, we don't know what's going to happen. We're afraid of the future. And right, I'm going to make this statement. I'm going to get back to it later on. We're afraid. shes, uh, I don't want to get in trouble with this. Okay? We're afraid where we're going to end up. If you can be honest with yourself. How are you going to do this? How are you going to go here? How is this? And so much pressure comes on that a lot of people don't understand. But it's a learning. Right? Learning that this is my God, we can understand from a different angle. If I can take your uh, turn to Exodus chapter 9, verse 16, I'm going to be jumping around here a bit. As you can see, this is kind of what I've been reading 9 and 16. Verse 16 says, And in very deed, for this cause have I raised thee up. For to shew thee, what? To show whose power? And that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. He's speaking speaking here. He's speaking to Moses. You know how many times Moses told him he didn't want to go to the Pharaoh? Scripture says that God even got angry with Moses and gave him Aaron. Because he kept saying, no, I can't do it. You ever have to stand in front of class and give a speech? What does everybody do? Me? Yeah. Scared to death of it. Absolutely no willingness to get up in front of the class and speak about whatever you got to speak about. The same concept with Moses here. He didn't think he was good enough. To go into the children of Israel, talk to the elders and, and, and have them believe that I was sent from the great I am to lead you out of Israel. So if I can't talk to them, what makes you think I can talk to the Pharaoh? Never wanted to. But he had to. And what God is saying here is if you listen to me. If you just get up and do it, I can guarantee you, I'm going to show you my power. You got to get up and do it. Because I am who I am. And I will be who I will be. And you got to trust that when I'm with you, I'm with you. And where you go, I will be there. And what you do, I'm right behind you. We forgot about that. And the funny thing is, is that not every time that Moses went to Pharaoh that Pharaoh granted his wishes. All he said, let let me just take my people to the wilderness. We're going to go and worship our God. Of course, when I get to the next passage, this is kind of, this is the best quality right here. Every time, every time they asked. Of course, we know the plagues that God had put on Egypt. But let me tell you why. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 7, verse 3. This is just one instance. I'm I'm not going to go into all the instances because that would be half the book, okay? So many times he messed with this man. Chapter 7, verse 3. And verse 3 reads, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my what? Huh. Interesting. I will multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. That is very interesting. Because when you think about it, what's happening here is that God has to harden the opposition so that he can get you to listen to what he's going to do. Could it be that God can manipulate the bad and turn it for good? Could this be what God wanted to for Pharaoh to be stubborn, to not receive what Moses is saying, not believe what Moses was saying, even though many times they had performed many miracles before him that even the magicians couldn't do. Could it be that God had to get into the heart of Pharaoh and make it in a way that you are going to have to listen to me because it ain't going to happen? It's just tough for people to fathom because at this time, you know how many times Moses went back to, to, to the Lord and say, every time I go, nothing's happened and they're turning against me. What's happening here in this passage of scripture is God is taking complete control of the situation. It didn't look like it through Moses' eyes absolutely not yeah God every time you send him a plague what does he do he asks me to pray for him and then the plague is gone and then he lies to me again we can play the same cycle over and over and over again until we come to the place that we listen he did this to Moses and he did this for the people of Israel to teach him one thing this is my god this is me i'm your god but well, we forgot about that we don't like to listen to that matter of fact on their end there's many times israel recorded worshiping other gods but they forgot that God can even take the heart of a Pharaoh and do with what he wants to do with it. Scripture said he hardened it. He, he, he hearted it. He meant to harden Pharaoh's heart. So what makes you think that he can't take your problem and take control of that? That's my God. He can put his hand anywhere. He can do anything. It may look bad, but he can still grab the bad and do some good with it. You've got to understand that even though we're, we may be here and we're worshiping and we got, you got know, our smiles on, that when you leave, you may go back to your dark room and have those thoughts and may cry yourself to sleep just because you don't know. But I'm here to tell you, God can take that control over your life. He's got something to say. I can do it. I am God. I am your God. This is me. I will show my power. You really, the, I'll tell you what. When trials and tribulation comes and hardship comes and everything that comes along with living for the Lord, you want to know why everybody tells us not to be afraid? Because they know they're God. They know Him. You don't know them, That's why you worry. You pay too much mind to somebody that doesn't deserve it. What you're dealing with, if God can take Pharaoh's heart, I can guarantee you, he can take your sickness. Because that doesn't mean that when you're sick, it's over. That means it's time to heal. When you're depressed, that doesn't mean that you're alone. That means God loves you. Okay? When you're in rejection, that doesn't mean that you're not unworthy. It means that you were wonderfully and fearfully made. But you don't look at it like that because we're used to looking at it on this side. I'm I'm used to looking at the storm before I walk in. And what God is telling Moses is, wait a minute. You're over there. But please listen to me because I can describe you how it looks on this end. Listen to me. I know what's on this other side. But God, these kids at school, you don't understand. They're crazy. My goodness. I don't know what's going on. Everybody's talking about the same thing. And they're walking around with such an influence that I don't want to be a part of, but it's hard because I'm all alone. You know... in this stage Lord help me in this stage what you're walking through you're only focused on on, on what's happening now that's, that's our whole problem with humanity with people with us being young or older however you want to describe it and put it we only look for the now and that's not How my God works. That's how the enemy works. Oh boy, does he love it. Does he love... See, he can only bring the past to the now because he has to get you to worry now. So you don't get to the victory later. So you don't listen to what God's telling you on on the other side and say, look, it's good over here. Just keep walking. He don't want to do that. That's his whole job. Now what I'm saying isn't new to you. What I'm saying is it's something new under the sun that you haven't already heard. But you want to know what the funny thing is, is what God is saying? You're still dealing with the same problem that you just won't let go. Just because this is another basic sermon doesn't mean that what you're going through is another basic trial. For some reason, what's taken place in believers and followers of God is they forgot what happened when the Lord paid our sins on Calvary. They forgot about it. People were looking at me like, what are you talking about? I didn't forget anything. You probably forgot. No. Yes, we did. We did forget. Because so many times, people still want to live in sin. So many times, people still want to follow that road. So many times, people still give ear to it. They're not ignorant of the devil's devices. It's amusing. But see, they forgot one thing that when they walk that road, some get a little bit too far off and into the devil's den And at that moment, we know what happens. He chains you up, right? You're living in bondage. You're chained, you're shackled by sin. I'm sick of hearing that garbage. Because we forgot what happened when Christ died. You know, whenever the devil starts messing with me, Making me think thoughts that don't even need to be thought, making me feel a certain type of way, letting people come to me and bring their issues and their problems and putting all that weight on me. Whenever he gets to messing with me, I always ask him the same question that I dare you to ask him. I say, Devil, where are your keys? Where's your keys? Nobody heard what I just said because you forgot. You forgot where his keys are. When Jesus died for our sins and paid it off, matter of fact, he went down to hell and said, hand over them keys because they belong to me. You need to stop giving credit to a man that don't even have keys to his own house. Stop giving him mind. Stop giving him room. Stop listening to him. He don't have nothing to lock. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm sick of hearing this chains and bondage. I know my God can break a chain. Chains, that doesn't mean that's great. But what if I told you that the chains the devil put on you are not locked? Answer me this How can you lock something if you don't have a key? Because God has the key. He don't need nobody to open it up. Take it off yourself. Take it off yourself. Devil, I'm with God. This is my God. He has your keys. So you better listen. Wow. We forgot. <laughs> we forgot. Wow we forgot anybody remember now don't you give mine to him he's have no power the God of this world he had to give up something the day our sins were paid for he don't have anything to his name I love that when we're dealing with this We come to the place where we got to understand that the way that the chains are orchestrated, too many times people go back and put them on themselves. He don't even have to make you do it. He don't have to put them on you. Sometimes you go back to the very thing you know you shouldn't do, but you go back to do it anyway because you didn't get in trouble for it last time. So let's go do it again this time. Hopefully I won't get in trouble. So I'm going to go put them on myself again. Why do you think there's such a term as backsliders? Because instead of staying free, they went and locked themselves up. Because they enjoyed the pleasure of whatever the devil was deceiving them with. You know what the crazy thing is? They learned that those weren't locked. And they still went back. Interesting. 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 And we come to the place. You know, I was at work this week, and uh, man, for some reason, everybody just wanted to pick a fight for me. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's my face, or the way I look, or I don't know what I did. You know, I was explaining to some people yesterday, and you know, this guy, I got some things wrong, and I had to apologize, but he blew up on me and he told me to go to a place that's not so pleasant. Uh, wow. You know That was right in the morning. And the whole week, the whole week, you know, you want to know what the funny thing is? Is when that persecution comes and you learn to just keep on pursuing in God, that, that, that thing's going to come right back. But it's going to be a different face that shows you. Same task, different face. You want to know why? I said, All right, well, to, I go then. Okay, I can't talk to you. You're angry. You're upset. You're yelling. We're not getting anything solved. Kept on going about my business. I get a phone call about an hour later. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. I got coped an attitude. I'm from the East Coast. I'm an old guy. I don't know how any of that had to do with him treating me bad. But that was his excuse. And I had every right to tell him to go back to where he told me to go. But instead I said, I understand. You want to know when the enemy finds out he can't mess with you, he gives up. He's got to find another way. He's got to find somebody else. Don't ever forget what happened that day do will never forget what he had to give up. He can't do it. Why do you let him? Mm. I love. I love this. God. God is wanting to teach us something here today that we've learned over the years, but somehow it's gotten a little bit shaky because. This year, from years prior, is a lot different. We're dealing with a different generation with the mind that's, ay, ay, ay. It's a lot different. You guys know what I'm talking about. I don't have to go into details of what they think, and people don't even know who they are, what they are, where they come from. Or You're dealing with something that, back then, they didn't have to deal with. And... Here's the thing, you're battling with something that you don't, you can't, you can't put a name to it and you don't know how to confront it. And that doesn't, I'm not trying to degrade you or put you in a place like if you, you're just, no, that's not what I'm doing, okay? We got to speak to some things today. we got to learn how to stare the devil back in his face and remind him where his keys are. Okay? we got to do that. I urge you. I urge you. you got to learn how to step back in his face. The children of Israel praised when their God did something good, right? Matter of fact, one of the sisters brought out the tambourine and started dancing. And she brought it back old school. Yeah, Aaron's sister. Keep reading. She gets down. Okay? <laughs> they praise when it was good, right? They praise when everything worked out for them. What I, what I want to talk to you guys about is bef- bef- before you get too excited. There's nothing wrong with that. Before you get too excited, learn who you're praising. Because then you'll never want to praise anything else. You'll never want to worship somebody else. Learn who you're praising first. Learn what he can do. Learn who he is. Because I guarantee you, if you knew who your God was, you'd stop running from your devils. If you knew who your God was, you would remind your devils who your God is. This man is not to be taken lightly. This man is not to be made a joke of. This is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Holy One of Israel. Before Him there was none. And after Him there will be none you got to know who you're serving. Remind him. You know who my God is? I'll tell you who he is. This is my God. Which is, which was, and which is always to come. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. had me at king I'm sold I'm sold out I'm giving it all I'm on your team you lead this thing I'm right behind you God man I don't know who I'm talking to today but somebody's holding something in speak to it I dare you this is my God I'm wonderfully and fearfully made he is great and greatly to be praised. There is none that can compare to the majesty of my God.. Amen. Hallelujah. If I can take your attention to Romans chapter eight. I'm going to read chapter uh, uh verses 18 through 22. Um, and uh, we'll get on with this. dealing with what we have to learn, amen, who this man is, hallelujah, What he's done. Sister Flowers, if you would come, please. You know, as I was reading this and just going over this, praying seeking God the the biggest thing I think from what we've talked about right now is you're waiting on something you're waiting on something you're waiting for something to be shown to be revealed you're waiting on it God I'm I'm right here Lord The same thing I'm dealing with. It's just, it's not going away. I pray and I feel nothing. Come to church and I feel nothing. Talk to my friends and I got to put up a front. But deep down inside my heart is breaking. You're praying for friends to be saved. You're praying for family to come through. That God would give them the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you're praying for so many things to take place. And you're waiting to see something manifest. Verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time. Hallelujah. Let me read that again. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You're waiting. You're waiting. I understand. We were all that age once. And you're trying to stay afloat. You're trying to stay true and pure and unto God. And then somehow something happens that makes you want to. Want to. I I, I got to. Just try it out. And I don't want to make anybody feel bad maybe some of you have you went there and did that things you didn't want to do after you found out what you did it wasn't what you wanted and you've been walking around with that guilt trying to hide it for one brief moment or however long the period of time was you forgot who your God was you stepped away for a little bit gave time to somebody that doesn't deserve it I, I, I know the first step in reconciling with the Lord Jesus is repenting and understand that change has got to come he's got to reveal something in you that maybe you forgot because you feel shame or guilt or you're waiting for something that just hasn't happened yet next verse please Verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature, he what? He waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. You're waiting for something to happen. Matter of fact, you need something to happen. You're desiring, God, I need you can't do this anymore. This pain, this hurt, this guilt that's deep on my heart, I just, I don't know how to let it go. Verse 20 says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope. I can read this last there's two more verses I think because the creature itself mm, also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and to the glorious liberty of the children of God I want to tell you today you can get out of it you can stop feeling that way they can stop holding on to that. You forgot who had the keys. And you forgot that they weren't locked. I want you to come and take them off. I want you to hand it over to God. I don't know what you're dealing with. I, I don't know. I almost don't know everybody in here. That's my fault. Okay, I know a couple and I'm thankful. I don't know your situation. I don't know what's been said to you. I don't know what you've heard. I don't know who said what to you. But what I do know is God is wanting somebody to listen so that he can raise you up to show his power. Last verse. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth, in pain together until now until now I heard your cries I heard the groans and the pain But now, until now, it is time to leave that. It is time to exit the slavery of bondage of corruption that you've accidentally or you willingly walked into. If we could all stand. to say this with me right now. Until now. Until now. No more. No more running away. No more brushing it under the carpet. No more walking away just because I forgot. God. God, you can still deliver me. God, you can still hear me. God, I'm sorry. I want to open this altar up. I don't know, like I said, I don't know all the situations. God wants to deliver somebody today. You're carrying something you're afraid of. Why don't you come and let that very thing know that this is my God. And he still has the keys. I invite you to the front. Let God do something in you, let Him bring about a birth of His Spirit. Hallelujah.